Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the ninth episode of the podcast on October 25th, 2012. Oh, it's getting to be that time. Almost Halloween, almost Yomacon, where yes. members of the Show Me Your News Network will be meeting up, and fans as well. It's going to be a very exciting time. We're going to have an earlier-than-usual episode next week, but... For this episode 9, we have a first for this show. And it was kind of put together at the last minute, and we're not even sure how this is going to go. But we have our first guest on Down the Sidelines. He's been participating in the football picks, both college and NFL. Uh, please welcome David. You may also know him as DCAF78. Why, hello, everyone. Welcome, Happy welcome. To be on. Now, what is the school that you represent for those that do not know? I am representing the University of Arizona Wildcats. Good school out and of the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. How We're is Pac-12 now? Oh, yep, that's right. <laughs> Old habits We're the die 12 hard. Pack. Old habits die hard. How is it now being the the sloppy thirds for the Rich Rodriguez football era? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? He got us into the top 25, so I can't complain too much. I mean, we did leave rather quickly, but we were in the top 25. That's that's a good thing. That's kind of funny how, you know, Joel and I, with like West Virginia and Michigan, we have that little, you know, coaches tie together and like, oh yeah. And then he moved on to Arizona. Decaf, hey. Yeah, like I almost like want you to like make it the title of episode or something to somehow tie that in. Like something crazy. Well, you know, David, you said you've listened to the show before, you generally know how it goes. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start in the red zone. We have our three top sports stories from the week. And the first one we start at the 20-yard line, and it's involving Cam Newton, who had a wonderful rookie year for the Carolina Panthers playing quarterback in the NFL, but he has struggled this year. The team is off to a 1-5 start. They fire their general manager, and, you know, Cam Newton has not been playing well, so the pressure's come down on him, and let's just say that emotionally he has not handled it too well. Um, he is, you know, really starting to doubt himself, you know, throw some of his teammates under the bus. Even the fact that, you know, when he was going to leave one of these press conferences, he's saying, oh, I might put out a suggestion box, see if you guys have any ideas. Um, guys, thoughts on this situation down in Carolina? Uh, you know, I mean, he's going through a rough time. Nobody likes to lose. I mean, he really doesn't like to lose. He didn't, I mean, at least his last year, he didn't lose at all in right. college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's... There was controversy all throughout his college career, you know. I mean, that's why he had to transfer, because of grades and everything. And, um, you know, he did. He came out his first season in the NFL, and I think he exceeded a lot of people's expectations, because they didn't really think he would convert well to the, you know, regular NFL-style offense, you know, the prototypical quarterback style. But they came out, they ran a pro-style offense that first year, and he did fine. And this year, they've kind of switched, right? They've switched to more of a zone read Mm -hmm. style, what he did in college. 
and it's not really working very well. I mean, which you would kind of think is strange, but you know, when when you start learning one system, and you switch back to the other. I mean, it really can impact how you play, and you know, you have to relearn the offense basically. Um, and I'm sure it's more complicated in the NFL, um, but um, you know, I think sometimes people. <laughs> Okay, always, when it comes to, like, big-time sports, people, you know, jump off the train early. They, you know, if you start bad, they hate you already, you know, not even halfway through the season. So, I would give it a little more time. It's only his second year. I think people are kind of crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know, that's just my thoughts. I. I heard he was, like, crying on the sidelines mm-hmm, or something yeah. during one of their losses. But, you know, I mean, people react to things differently. So, I don't know. I don't I don't really look too much into it because it's so early on still. Right. Now, now, David, what do you think? Like, for an NFL quarterback, should this be the way he's handling the situation? No, not at all. I mean, granted, I'm a Dallas fan, so I, I go back to my roots, and I have all my quarterbacks that were really – well together, like Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. Not talking about the wide receivers, just the quarterbacks here. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I always think that the quarterback should be the emotional rock, at least of the offense. Like, I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's never seen crying on the sidelines and whatnot. He will put all most of the blame on himself, especially in a tough loss. So that's what I see is how he should portray himself. I mean, as Joel was saying, especially about the bandwagon effect, I mean, I picked Carolina to win the Super Bowl this year, so yeah. I'm not too happy with what they're doing. But No, no but yeah. he's a good quarterback. My sister's in love with him, and <laughs> i got to admit. Interesting choice, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she's actually a Carolina fan just for the fact that they were the worst team a few years back, and they had the number one draft pick, so... Go Best team oh. ever. <laughs> yeah, start from there. They're number one. Well, it's interesting. You know, Warren, Mo- <laughs> Warren Moon has come <laughs> out. You know, former NFL quarterback. You know, Hall of Famer. Um, comes out and saying, you know, different. Was trying to defend Cam Newton here, saying, "I heard this someone compare him to Vince Young. It's the same old crap. It's always a comparison of one black to another black. I get tired of it. I get tired of defending it." When he told oh, Yahoo Sports. Um, Trying to add the race card, I don't think is necessarily the right play here. Um, it's just a matter of you know being emotionally strong enough to play the position at a high effective level. Yeah, yeah like it was funny when I first saw the story, I thought it was just they're comparing him to Vince Young because Vince Young did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the race until Warren Moon brought it up. I'm like, oh, okay, I <laughs> well, guess yeah, well, that's you a way do you that, could yeah. go with it. Hmm. It's an interesting situation. Um, so it makes us ask the question as we make the play here. Will Cam Newton remain a starter in the NFL past next year? So we give him one more year past this. Do you think that after that he'll still be a starter in the NFL? Um, sure. Somewhere. I mean, if it's not there, then somewhere else. Um, you know, I mean... I think that he showed a lot of maturity in his first season in a pro-style offense. I think that that has something to do with his struggles. Maybe, I mean, not necessarily the way he's reacting to them, but 
I mean, you got to admit, his first year, he played really well. And people didn't think he would. So I think he's still talented. And as long as he can get over his emotional issues and, you know, kind of be a little bit stronger, I don't see why he won't be a starter somewhere if it's not where he is. I'm sure he will be there still just because they paid so much money for him. That's true. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Joel. I can I might not see him still in Carolina if especially if they keep this up because they they're really just trying to get something nowadays. They've just been too long with just oh it's Carolina we eh. who cares. I want to I see him having a starting job somewhere, but within the next years it's just it's hard to classify where he would be. Hmm. Yeah, I think he you know, he does have too much talent to have that be go, going to waste, but you know, the mental side is a big issue of it and if he is going to continue with these kind of you know, let's, you know, field and crowdsource advice for what I should do or what we should do differently, uh, you can't be an effective leader in this league when you do that. Um so this year I don't see how he really turns it around. And the next year is going to be critical. I say he'll he'll be a starter, but it's going to be on another bad team. I think um, this might just be the start of a really slippery slope, and you got to just watch out. Cam um, Newton for Jacksonville. There you oh, go. They, they need <laughs> if, some help. If Jacksonville is still Jacksonville. Who knows? Yeah, but you know Jacksonville is. It's a joke that I heard a while back. It's Jacksonville is America's team because they have the lowest fan base. They haven't made a profit in a few years. It's just last in jersey sales, last in ticket sales, everything. Dude, I'll tell you what. A um, few years down the line, look back at this. I think Jacksonville is going to be the franchise that moves to Los Angeles in a few years. It's looking like, like the best pick right now. Right now, I actually kind of see, well, not with how Minnesota's doing this year, but before this year, I kind of saw Minnesota just with the whole not getting a new stadium that they need and that this, that, and the other. See, but Florida already has two other football yeah. franchises in addition to them. You have Tampa Bay true. and Miami, so... <laughs> Minnesota has nobody. Exactly. Or as I try to say, Minnesota. Minnesota. Hmm. Um, yes, anyway, the 10-yard play. Joel, how about you cover this one? All right, um... David Stern, the uh, NBA commissioner, is effectively retiring. Or he says he's going to retire on February 1st, 2014. And, um, you know, apparently he's been grooming his replacement for a while now. Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Adam name? Silver. Yeah, Adam Silver, deputy uh, co- commissioner right now. Yeah, the guy who's basically Leaving. under him. Commissioner. And he, um... Nice. He, um, you know, he actually played a he he was let to play a part in the negotiations over, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? The stoppage mm-hmm. that happened. Um, and uh, so I, I thought that was kind of interesting. But thing is, so he's been grooming him. I didn't know this personally, but, um, you know, just because. I usually don't pay too much attention to that side. I usually don't pay too much attention to the owner's side of things. And um, 
you know, he, I mean, basically he has a lot of communication with the owners. That's kind of who he works with the most. Um, a lot of people, you know, at least in lately, in the last couple of years, really think he's kind of, they, they want him out of there. Mm-hmm. At least he's, fans. He's going to be there for almost 30 years. Yeah, he's been there for a long time. But, you know, real quick, just go over this. Um, a few things that have changed over the time since he, you know, he started there. And uh, 1984, um, the uh, television contract has increased uh, the annual revenue from the television contract has increased 40 times. Um, player salaries have jumped from 2,000 or 2,500 um, to, let's see, 5 million. <laughs> and um, they had 23 teams when he started. Now there's 30. Um, they've moved to places like small marketplaces like Sacramento, Memphis, Oklahoma City. Um, NBA players can now play in the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, because like they, they used to not do that. And um, the WNBA was established. So those are some pretty, you know, lofty things that have happened over that amount of time. And he was there through it all. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of people in the profession that say, I mean, he's pretty much one of the best, if not the best, that the NBA has ever had. Um, but, you know, lately, things have just, people have been saying, you know, he's kind of overstayed his welcome a little bit. Um, I do think that it's good that they have someone in place already. The thing is, if people aren't happy with the way he ran things, and this guy, they've been grooming this guy for about six years, isn't it kind of be... It's going to be kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, he's done a lot in his time. So, Now, David, what do you think David Stern stands among all the different commissioners in the American professional sports? Well, I'm not a really big basketball fan, so I don't follow too much. I'll watch the playoffs, but not much past that. But I have seen some of the numbers. And, like, when David Stern came in and became commissioner... The average game was on a large tape delay. Mm-hmm. And now it's shown live in over 215 countries and in 40 different languages. Just that. And the <clears throat> the whole revenue just from everything has increased 24-fold in the time that he has been commissioner. Oh. You can't look at those numbers and be like, oh, he was bad for the sport. <laughs> he he has to come down as one of the greatest commissioners of any sport of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you. If he's allowed into the NBA Hall of Fame, he should be a first ballot. However they do this, he needs to be in there. Yeah, he's, he's done wonderful things to the sport, making it a global phenomenon. Uh, you know, Roger Goodell has is starting to do these things for the NFL, but the Recent Bounty Gate stuff has kind of smeared what he's done. Uh, Bud Selig is another one for baseball who's really overstayed his welcome uh, and I think needs to start you know, moving on and get someone else that can embrace uh, the way the world is changing, particularly in the technological. And, exactly. And don't, and don't forget the greatness that the hockey commissioner is. Well, you, yeah, I was just going to get to that. And uh, Gary Bettman is in a cellar. All by himself, and he is awful. 
His name should be stricken from the record of life. Mm-hmm. Three work the... stoppages in 20 years. Come on. We got the WWE guy surpassing him. Oh, uh, well. I mean, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if Tony were on the podcast, he would be saying it's a major sport, but, you know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I also I agree with Tony. It is a major sport. It's sports entertainment, but it's still a major sport. But is is it Vince McMahon? Is that who it is? Uh, yep. Vince McMahon is the chairman of the board and the owner. So, well, he's still probably better than Gary Bettman. So, yeah. we'll we'll yes. move on. Um, hey, you know, have we'll... you ever has Gary Bateman ever thrown on skates and played in a game? No. No, he's he's scared of people booing him at yeah. Stanley Cup presentations, so he's a wuss bag. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's make the play here. Will David Cern actually retire on this day? He's been at the job for about thirty years. I'm sure he loves it, his job. But he would retire on his the thirtieth anniversary of him getting the job. Mm-hmm. So he'd retire cool. thirty years to the day. Interesting. I think something will happen that'll throw it off a little bit. I think that date is too convenient. And why announce it now? Like, <laughs> this just happened today. This you know, news yeah, that going is down. also kind of interesting. And it's in the middle of the season. Like the commissioner changeover will be near the All Star break. I think that's just a really weird timing. I think something's going to throw it off. Whether it's before or after, I can't say. But I, I'm not sure. I like that date there. Yeah. I only if he doesn't retire before this point, I see him retiring. I see him retiring on this date just due to the fact that he came out and announced it. So the media is going to keep him to it, and they're going to pressure him to retire on that date if he hasn't retired before then. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said like with any kind of job where your replacement is being groomed. They do it in the government. They do it. Um, they do it in sports. I mean, you you have an older quarterback playing and a younger quarterback coming in later. Um, you know, just with any job, um, it happens all the time. And at least in in those kind of circumstances, if you declare something like that, it it has to go through. Right. Like yeah. you, you're held to it. I mean, it's basically you almost sign sort of like a contract or something like that, and then there's a day that it's ineffective, and um, because whoever the one that's getting appointed to it kind of wants to get in place and take over, you know. So I guess it kind of depends on whether you know what Adam Silver wants to do. Mm-hmm. If he wants to sit back and not take his job that he's supposed to be appointed to, I mean, if he's if they're saying that, um, you know, he's gonna end, they're gonna end, he's gonna retire. Then, isn't he? Adam's supposed to get, you know, he's supposed to get that job. So how can he sit back and not have it if yeah. they've already declared it? I I don't know. I mean, I guess there could be some kind of circumstance where it wouldn't happen. But I almost feel like now you you got to do it just because. Though I almost feel like they'll like put on some kind of ceremony or something for the retirement, yeah. and it'll all be set in stone. And heck, you know, if you were working that long in the same that kind of high level job for a long time, you think like you'd just be like, I'm done. Like I'm not gonna work anymore. Like I don't have to. <laughs> so um, sure, I say why not? 
Yeah, make it 30 years. All right. Five-yard story here. The World Series has started. Uh, Detroit Tigers facing the San Francisco Giants, who this time last week we were talking about the Cardinals going up possibly two games to one or three games to one, and the Giants battled back. They've had six games facing elimination. They've won all six of them. They make the World Series. Um, Game one was yesterday. Tigers start Justin Verlander, who gets chased after four innings. Um, gives up about you know four or five earned runs or so. Um, you know, not a good outing for Verlander, especially when you know throughout the game, uh, Pablo Sandoval, the third baseman, hit three home runs, get making him like one of the you know, one of four players, one of five players all time to hit three home runs in a World Series game. Uh, and then, well, of course, they have to make the big deal that his nickname is Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Anyway, we've got game two going on right now. It's the middle of the sixth. It's scoreless. Each team with two hits. you got Madison Bumgarner for the Giants going up against Doug Fister for the Tigers. It's an interesting series, that's for sure. Different than I think a lot yeah. of people expected. Um, I didn't I didn't expect the Giants to be here at all. I mean, like I was saying earlier, no. like, I only watched like two of their games in the playoffs so far. So, and the only two games I've watched of the Giants, and that was the games that they did not, they lost, and they were not pretty. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hmm. And they're in the World Series. I mean, they're here, so they obviously have to be good. And when their backs against the wall, they, they yeah, make they're the amazing. They, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what they can do now with a series lead. Yeah, um, I'm not used to. It. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like that that game one was strange, and I was at class for the first bit of it. There was even a bit where now Detroit, you know, usually has the designated hitter, which they have Delman Young. Well, now they put Delman Young in left field, and guy's an atrocious fielder. I don't know if you saw the replay, but you know, base hit in the left field, whatever. Giants are going to score a run anyway, but Delman Young comes up trying to throw as hard as he can, and you. <laughs> Throws the ball like straight into the ground, like completely misjudges the release point on the throw. I saw it this afternoon. I was it, like, "What in the hell?" Oh, man, I was working last night, so that would that would have been funny to see. No offense, that's just it, it's it's bad. I mean, it's gonna be interesting when they come back to Detroit and you get you know games three, four, five. You have you know play by the designated hitter rules, but now the you know the pitcher's hitting. I mean, Justin Verlander has never gotten hit in his career. I'm sure, you know, Doug Fister isn't that, you know, talented of a hitter as well. But these Giants hitters, you know, four straight games before this one where the pitchers have gotten a run batted in. Impressive yeah, stat. Yeah, that's one, one thing um, you could say about the National League. Their pitchers can hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David, who did you, did you have someone that you picked you thought might win the World Series or, or two teams that you thought would be in the World Series? I'm a Yankees fan, so I always think the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Oh. <laughs> All right, but I'm going to guess, I'm gonna guess that was that didn't go so well for you this year. No, no, and I congratulated you on Twitter. Yes, yes, I, was, I, I tried. I tried not to gloat. It was, it was it was classy of you, but so then who are you pulling for in this? I am pulling for Detroit. I okay. I'm also a I'm also an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, so I can't oh. have a in. In division rival in the World Series. There you go. <laughs> so, come on, Tigers! That was 
thankfully I was at work last night, so I didn't see anything. I just saw the final score. Right. It's like ooh, that's yeah. Crazy. And even like it was eight to three for a final score in game one, and those two of those runs at the end were just you know pointless for Detroit to score. Well, they got to get the bats going. That's for sure. Yeah. I... Anyway, let's make the play here, Joel. Will our Tigers win the World Series predictions? Both come true. Oh, they gotta. I mean, they've made it this far. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, a lot of people were picking them. Mm-hmm. If you if you go and you look at the predictions... They're the prohibitive you know, favorites in this yeah. series. Um, and, uh, you know, I again, I just really... I probably only saw, like, two... Besides the two playoffs games, I probably only saw the Giants play twice, maybe, during the regular season, too. And they they lost all four games that I watched. Hmm. So, um... Keep um, watching, Joel. <laughs> it's like, I need to just watch the games. That's the thing. Because um, every Tigers game I've watched this year, they've won. So, hmm. maybe there is something to that. I don't know. <laughs> something that it wasn't there before. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, the Tigers have not won a world championship in nearly 30 years. The Giants won a couple years ago. Yeah. Come on. Come on, baseball. Come on. C- come, on. come on. Well, that's if that's the case, then the Cubs should be in this World Series. Oh, <laughs> this is true. But Detroit also made the World Series in 2006, and the Cubs can thank Steve Bartman. So. <laughs> well, you didn't get the Cardinals. You thought it might be the Cardinals. You didn't get the Cardinals. That's true. Yeah. I did make a big deal out of that last time, but the Giants are the hotter team still. I say, I know when we first made the picks, we're like, oh, well, now they're definitely not going to win, but looking at the team and how they've done so far up to this point, you know, game one aside, you got to think there's something there. Yeah, tonight's big. They it's huge. you got to win tonight. Bare minimum going out of San Francisco. Anyway... Go to the replay here where we covered the past week in football scores and the picks and everything. Uh, we'll start with college football in week eight. LSU at Texas A&M at a plus three and a half line. LSU wins 24-19. Um, interesting game, I guess. You know, good to see LSU play well on the road. They made a big deal out of Johnny football and Johnny Manziel for Texas yeah. A&M. Didn't really show up that well against the strong defense. No. I mean, it. I mean, it really wasn't him doing that much. It was the rest of the team that that had them with that lead, and they give up one big play, and LSU was winning. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. I mean, LSU was on a different level than them. LSU didn't even play well, and they won. So. Mm-hmm. South Carolina at Florida minus three and a half. Florida putting the beat down, forty-four to eleven. They're good. They are very good. <laughs> That defense is something else. It is. Michigan State at Michigan. I was geared up for it last week. I was stressed out of my mind watching it. It was a minus nine and a half line for the Wolverines being the favorites. And I called Michigan State just to be on the safe side. I got the Michigan win and the spread. (laughs) 12 to 10 Michigan. You don't score you don't score a touchdown. You you get you know two times in the red zone and you come away with field goals. Michigan State recovers two of their own fumbles deep in their own territory that could have swung yeah. things open pretty big. Um, it was a stressful game, not an impressive game, but Michigan breaks that. For the that. kicker. 
Gotta love that Big Ten football. Big Ten football, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, the kicker last year during the Sugar Bowl against Virginia Tech, he hit a game-winning field goal as well in that game. Yeah. And he was asked, uh, you know, after the game, you know, like, what were you thinking about? What was going through your head? And, like, he's looking around, and he says, brunette girls. (laughs) And we were like, what? (laughs) He's like, you know, when, you know, we're in a stressful situation, coach says, you know, think of, your relaxed thing, you know, on the beach, you know, girls in bikinis. Right? I think, I think, of, I think of brunette girls, and so. Oh God! The good thing was, they have cups hey, on. There you go. <laughs> hey, at least you know if it lets them kick, if it lets them kick gaming game-winning field goals. Think about whatever you want, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't think. Okay, I I used to just not think about anything. I I like literally would not think about anything at all. Yeah, because then you overmanage and you... Yeah, just because, you know, it's like, oh... <laughs> if I thought too much, then it'd be like, oh, this is for the state championship. It's in overtime. <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> and then this is, it's like, oh, oh, nope. But, like, uh, you know, kicking, it, it does get in your head. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, five seconds left. Michigan, you know, gets the two-point win with that field goal. Kansas State at West Virginia, minus three. Uh, Kansas State, 55. West Virginia Mountaineers, 14. Moving on. <laughs> it wasn't even as close as the score was. No, it was not. No. I, could, I watched the first half of that game, and it was pretty disgusting. Florida State at Miami, plus 21. Florida State struggled early, started to play well at the end of the game, but did not cover the 21. Uh, they win 33-20. to 20. And then they lost uh, their you know, top running back with, yep. uh, I think it was an ACL or something like that. He's done for the year. That's that's tough for that team. you got to think, how are they going to beat Florida? <laughs> like They're not. Florida's... Florida's getting better every game. That's the scary <laughs> thing. Uh, Washington at Arizona, minus 7.5. Wildcats putting the beat down 52-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. That rich rod offense, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it lets you it lets you cream the crap out of some bad teams, but can't do anything against a good team. <laughs> well, we'll see how they're going to do this week because they have quite the test ahead of them. Texas Tech oh. at TCU plus <laughs> one and a half, a triple overtime game. Texas Tech wins fifty six to fifty three. That was quite an exciting one to watch. Oh my gosh, that was like I wanted to watch that game. <laughs> yeah, that was a game I wish was being broadcast here. I really wanted to see that, especially after I saw everything. I was like, that would have been see, a perfect game. If they would have just not made our game the primetime game and given that to mm-hmm. Texas Tech and TCU instead. Yeah. Well, I saw it on ESPN Goal Line, so I can account it was awesome. <laughs> uh, NFL in Week 7. Uh, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, plus 1. You had New Orleans winning 35-28. Controversial call at the end with uh, Tampa Bay with the... Uh, Receiver getting pushed out of bounds while Josh Freeman's rolling out of the pocket. The touchdown does not count. New Orleans hangs on for a touchdown spread. Yeah. Very, very that's, in- a rule that's, that's a rule that's always annoyed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since when has you been able to just shove people out of bounds? I'm like, oh, oh well. Yeah. It angers me. It no, just very, shows very strange. When you have a problem, just shove them. There you go. <laughs> yes. Like, that's what it... That like it happened a few weeks back in the Dallas Baltimore game. It's just like they just shoved all of our wide receivers out out of bounds. They're like, oh, 
can't throw the ball when anymore. the teacher's not looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then they'll retaliate and then get called for that so. yeah yeah another bs baltimore <laughs> at houston minus six and a half um i thought baltimore could come out and you know season on the line with their defense in shambles with the injuries houston said nope 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 not at home uh houston at home 43 to 13 and that one was not even close no yeah i'm that was I'm liking how they're looking right now. Considering where I picked them to finish this year, I'm really liking that. I mean, because I, I don't think Baltimore is necessarily bad. They're just missing some good players. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was just a beatdown. It yeah. really was. Cleveland at Indianapolis, minus one. The Colts win 17-13. to 13. You can't trust that factory of sadness. Mm. Uh, that's... Ministry of sadness. I, I, every time I see them lose, I feel for Tony. I know, it's just so bad. That one podcast, so much hope against the Giants, and then oh yeah, bashed. I was so mad. I was so mad. I mean, <laughs> come on, beat the beat the Giants, people, please make my so, job easier. Nobody's doing that. Speaking of New York, you have the Jets going to New England. Uh, New England minus ten. Again, New England Oof. blows a late lead. They're up 10 in the fourth quarter. They have that spread covered. They force overtime, and I'll tell you what, when Patriots get the win 29-26, to they could have easily lost this one. I thought they were, I, like, just watching that fourth, I thought they were going to lose. I was sure of it. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. This. My, my mom, she's a big New England fan, if you, and if you heard the language coming out of the living room in that fourth <laughs> quarter, I was sure they were losing. It was not pretty, that's for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati plus one. Pittsburgh 24-17. They have a running game now. Watch out. How about that? And Cincinnati's just not as good as you know people no. were expecting them to be. So. No, I was, I was. Not only was I on the Cincinnati bandwagon, but I'm not a big Pittsburgh fan at all. You and me both. Mm-hmm. As a Cowboys fan, I can't be. I guess that's true, in a way. Uh, then you had Detroit at Chicago. You know, Detroit at Chicago minus six and a half on Monday Night Football. Uh, Chicago thirteen to seven. Lions defense plays all right. The offense is what's struggling this year. Yeah. Again, yes, no that... touchdown in the first three quarters thrown by Matthew Stafford. You get a garbage touchdown late with thirty seconds left when you know, the Bears are trying to preserve the shutout. Nate Burleson, their you know second string receiver, their slot guy, breaks his leg. You have one of their safeties goes out with a concussion. Uh, not looking good for Detroit, and they have to, you know, come home against a tough Seattle team. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just wondering, who would have ever believed that the offense would be the struggling part of Detroit this year? I that tell makes you what, no sense to it me. does not make any sense. Especially yeah, if after you the year look that... at a lot of the scores of their games, they really. I mean, if they would have scored some points, they. They could, you know, have won like four. Either that games. or made some stops on special teams. That's like the Minnesota yeah. game, the Tennessee game, where you give up a kickoff return and a punt return in back-to-back games. I mean, who does that? Who Detroit. does that? Clearly. <laughs> uh, so I, w- I would love to say that I was surprised, but I'm like, it's one of those things, after so many years of just seeing Detroit do nothing, I'm like, it's Detroit. You just gotta gotta expect it. That's for sure. 
And well, looking at our current standings, uh, we have for college football, I'm 26 and 30. Joel's breaking even at 500 at 28 and 28. And uh, DCAP is right there with me at uh, almost at you know 23 and 26, right around the same percentage yeah, there. I missed, I missed that one week, and it just kind of killed me. But Major Moses missed a week, so he's my rival. There you go. <laughs> you and Joel both had four and three weeks, and I had a five and two weeks. So, you know, solid above 500 there. Um and then in the NFL, uh, I'm at 20 and 22. Joel's a game back at 19 and 23, and Decaf is 16 and 26. Yeah, coming into this, I thought my I thought it would be swapped. I thought I'd be really good at picking the NFL and garbage when it came to college because this is my first year watching college. And I'm like, mm. nope. <laughs> it's they're definitely different games. Yeah. Uh, that's that's for sure. You can't go trade for a player. <laughs> Uh, as far as Ninja leaders, we've got Moses on top of the college football and Skull Jumper on top of the NFL, just like last week. They're doing quite well, that's for sure. But we got to get into the pick six here. Uh, we actually make the picks for this coming week. And what an interesting week it will be. Let's start with college football week nine. NC State travels to North Carolina, minus seven and a half. It's at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. I got NC State. I mean, they beat Florida State. So... Um... That was fluky, though. I I don't <laughs> know. Did you watch the game? Fluky. So, Florida State played, you know, they played all their safeties deep. They played their corners way off, and they just took everything underneath and moved the ball down the field as slow as you possibly can passing the ball. And I, I, I still, well, go ahead. Sorry. NC State's quarterback's good. I think he's good. I think he'll be a good NFL quarterback just from watching him. So, fluky. <laughs> uh, North Carolina is a strong defense. I think their offense is you know pulling enough together. They had a strong, strong game against Virginia Tech, and I know that's not saying a lot this year, but they've you know put some good games together. I think they'll do this as well. I think North Carolina covers the seven and a half. I'm with Yoko here. I I definitely see a North Carolina beating NC State. They're at home. I think it's well, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It's a rivalry here. game. Yeah, it's a big one, that's for sure. Uh, Florida at Georgia, the world's largest cocktail party. They're at Jacksonville at a neutral site. Georgia technically the home team, but it's a plus seven game. Florida touchdown advantage. Give me the Gators. Like They can't be stopped. And it's sad because I had Georgia winning the SEC at the beginning of the year, and you know they struggled a bit against Kentucky last week, and Florida has all that momentum. Big week off of South Carolina Easy, easy spread here, I think. Just a touchdown. Yeah, why is it so close? Is it just because it's at Georgia? Well, it's a neutral site, so not really at Georgia. You're right. I think it's just the fact that it's so close because they're both SEC teams and they always play each other really well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, just... It's, you easily can see where Georgia's exposed on defense and what happens if you stop their running game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can't run the ball, how are they going to run the ball against Florida? I don't know. Um, yeah, I got Florida. Decaf, you have Florida as well? Sorry, David. Yeah, I have Damn Florida it. as I, well. I, oh. Hey, it's cool. I don't care. <laughs> All right, you got Florida. Texas Tech at Kansas State, minus 7 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. How about this one? David, what do you think? 
I have Texas Tech because, <clears throat> as I heard someone put the other week, Lubbock, Texas is where ranked teams go to die. It's true, but that would be when Texas Tech is in Lubbock at home. This is in Manhattan, Kansas this week. Oh, that is. I still have Texas Tech. I Yeah, stick with your gut, that's for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Nobody I don't think any ranked team really plays Texas Tech well. I don't know why. They just magic. I have Texas Tech. Well, Oklahoma looked pretty good against them this year. They beat them like 45 to 7 or something like that. And Kansas State beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Kansas State has... Yeah, but you can't use that logic and No, I'm just saying Kansas State has two of the best road wins. Probably two, the two best road wins of any team in the country. It's the reason they're ranked so high. Because they're getting so much favor. That, that's the reason that their wins are so... Hi, because nobody goes into Oklahoma and wins. I mean, they usually, I don't know, they rarely lose games at home. And that is still the most impressive win of the season of any team I've watched. I, I mean, they just, I, I think if they play it again, I think Oklahoma would win. Because I think Oklahoma has figured out what they're doing. So I got, I got Kansas State um, just because... You know, we just played the t- both teams back to back, and from what I watched, Kansas State is clearly the better team. Yeah, uh, give me the Wildcats. They're on fire right now. Colin Klein continues his Heisman push. Seven points is nothing in this game. Texas Tech is going to be surprised to come up against an actual defense. Uh, Notre Dame at Oklahoma minus eleven, and this is the prime time game Saturday at eight p.m. Eastern. This is where I think game day might be here. I'm not sure. Um. I have the Irish in the spread in this one. I think it'll be closer than 11 points. 11 feels like a lot here. Granted, you know, Oklahoma is a you know, very strong team. But I think you know, Notre Dame has shown that their defense can hang with anyone, really. Um, and I think you know, Oklahoma may win by a touchdown. But I think 11 is a bit much here. So give me the Irish. Um, yeah, I... I have uh, Oklahoma winning the game, but I think it's going to be close just because Notre Dame's Notre Dame's front seven is as good as anyone in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma's defense is also very, very good. That's the one thing that a lot of people are overlooking about that team. That you know they see Sam Bradford. That's I mean that's what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Sam Bradford. What's his name? Uh, Landry Jones. See, they just they crank out so many good quarterbacks. I can't even remember. Yeah, except he was your Heisman pick at the beginning of the year, so you know. Yeah, no big exactly. deal. Well, <laughs> but you know they they have so many good players on their team, and you just want to look at the offense. But I mean, they have a really good defense. Um, so I yeah, I got Notre Dame in the spread. Um, I think Oklahoma will win the game. I have Oklahoma. Just <clears throat> it's really hard to go down to down into Oklahoma and do well. So I. Just for that reason alone, I have Oklahoma winning. Hmm. Good pick. I like it. Um, gives them some good variety, good <laughs> difference of opinion. Michigan at Nebraska, also a night game at 8 p.m. Eastern. Line is minus 2.5 in favor of the Cornhuskers. I think Michigan's coming off an emotional win here. Going on the road, it will be tough down in Lincoln. But I've got Michigan. 
you're winning by six. They, again, I picked them at the beginning of the year to win the conference, and they gotta win it. <laughs> so they gotta keep winning games. Mm-hmm. Um, because they can, I mean, essentially they can win all those games, and then whatever Ohio State does, it doesn't even matter. Right. Really. So, um, right now, next to Ohio State, Michigan is on a bit of a win streak, and they look like the second best team. So, um, you know, you've got to go win this game. It's on the road, but, um, you know, if you have aspirations of a conference title, you got to go win these kind of games. So, I, I've got them, you know, because all they need is what a field goal. Yeah, I'm. I'm with Joel as well. I see. I see Michigan winning it. <clears throat> they got a good team. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> they need to win. <laughs> they, they need, need to win. win the. They need to win the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, you got similar quarterbacks with Denard Robinson and Taylor Martinez. It's. I think it's going to be a matter of experience here. Uh, you're giving Denard the edge. Mississippi State at Alabama minus twenty four at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. I have the tide. You know, mm-hmm. Mississippi State, it's impressive that they're unbeaten so far. Excuse me. Um, but what's the competition there? Alabama's at home, clearly one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I, I think they got to, you know, show to their fans and the country that they're still the top team, even though you have all these teams, you know, Oregon, Florida, Kansas State, Notre Dame, trying to knock for the top there. I think Alabama reasserts the dominance. Even though 24 is a lot, I'll, I'll take them to cover that. Yeah. Um, you know, Nick Saban's really not one for style points. I mean, he he just wins games. It doesn't really matter what the score is to him. He just, he just goes in and he wins games. Um, but I think that I think that if he has the chance, he might run the score up a little bit just because... Right now, uh, I mean, they haven't been playing anyone. They, right. You know, they've been going through the very, very soft part of their schedule. Um, it's been soft for pretty much the whole season, but they've dominated everyone like they're supposed to. Um, they need to come out and just be impressive. They need to keep their keep that in their in voters' minds that you know we are the best team. We are the defending national champions, that kind of thing. So I think they cover just because he wants to impress voters. Yeah, I I see Mississippi State just getting the just breaking it to where they don't cover, mm-hmm. but Alabama wins the game hands down. Like just, a Colin Cowherd said a few weeks back, no one will go undefeated this season except for Alabama, and that's because they don't have a schedule. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's a smart pick. Smart pick. Now, um, uh, with the extra point this week, if you have you know teams that are already in the pick six here, it's USC at Arizona plus six and a half Saturday mm-hmm. at three thirty p.m. Eastern. David, I'll give you the honors since you represent the Wildcats. What's what's your pick on this one? I have Arizona. Shocker! I whenever Arizona comes up, I have them. I pick them. I. I love my team. I gotta represent them. I mean, and with I see Arizona being able to do something against the USC offense. Just hopefully, 
Hmm. Very, very interesting. Joel? I like that because I really didn't think we had a chance against Kansas State last week, but it still picked us. Um, you know, you, you do got to represent your team, and, you know, you live with them, you die with them. Um, I think they have a chance. I, I mean, like, I think that they definitely have a chance to cover. Um, lately, different parts of USC have been showing up, not the whole complete team. You know, one week they can run the ball, next week they can't run it at all. And their defense wins the game for them. So, as long as USC doesn't come out and put a complete game together, Arizona can score. You know, so I think it's up to their defense to find some way to stop USC. Um, Knowing my luck, this will be the first time since Stanford that they'll put a full game together. Yeah, and you know, um, the thing is, the spread is a little bit low. Um, You know, if if it was like 10 or 14 or something, I definitely would take them. Because any team that can score that quickly, you always want to take them in the spread. I mean, you just you just do when it's a close game like that. But I'm just going to take USC because I think that they're not going to like overlook Arizona. You know, heading into you know trying to maintain that lead so that they can get into the conference championship game. Um, just in case Oregon State, you know, slips up. Um, so. I've got USC. Don't worry, David. I'll pick the Wildcats for you as well. I think it's going to be a you. shootout. Um, you know, USC's defense hasn't shown its you know big shutdown capability, and I think you're going to you know, see some trading of points here. And if it stays close, six and a half, that could you know prove in Arizona's favor. So I'll pick the Wildcats. Let's move on to the NFL though. First one, you've got another you know a lot of. Uh, teams on by this week so you got a big slate of games at one only a couple of four and then you got the sunday and monday night game so start seattle at detroit minus one at 1 p.m eastern the lions have to put it together sometime um why not at home why not against seattle and i think (laughs) seattle is being a little bit of a charm team right now i think detroit can pull off a close victory if their offense can finally play for 75% of the game instead of just the last 25. Yeah, it, <clears throat> Seattle, I mean, that team is mainly like that front four that I keep talking about every single week. Um, the fact that they can just get pressure on people and, you know, stop the run, I mean, that that's what's keeping them in games because their offense really has no... I mean, I don't even know, it's... It's like Detroit's right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and, uh, um, you know, Detroit's desperate. They got to win a game. And when the spread is that close, it's basically a pick em. And I'm going to go with Detroit this week just because they've got to give their fans something to come back and watch every week. They've got to win a game. I and, mean, if the Tigers aren't going to do it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, I think... Maybe just Matt Stafford goes off. He's overdue for that, right? Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Oh, oh, you got to think like little. his fantasy owners are like, what the? <laughs> he has to throw a touchdown to Calvin Johnson sometime. Yes. And then what? Well, Calvin Johnson will have Jinx, like six Madden touchdowns. Mad Mad Mad. I have Detroit winning it just because I think Russell Wilson will finally come back to earth and he'll stop pulling off the Tebow-esque heroics to win games. 
I mean, that or game-winning interceptions, you know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> game, yeah, you know, game-ending interception, touchdown. That's neither here nor there. That that was totally an interception. Oh, it absolutely was. Uh, Atlanta at Philadelphia. Another minus one spread this one in favor of the Eagles. Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Does Atlanta continue to be unbeaten? Yeah, I see them <laughs> continuing to be unbeaten. I, and that... I kind of have to say that I'm, you know, I'm NFC East. I don't want to see Philly win anything. So, but I really want Atlanta to win this. I mean, I have them. I now have them winning their division because who else is in their division? Nobody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got I got Atlanta. I think they can maybe get a few turnovers from Philadelphia to help them out. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Vick's got to hang out on the ball if you know Philadelphia's going to have a chance, and he hasn't necessarily proven that yet. So, I'll take the Falcons. I was going to say, uh, Michael Vick turn over the ball? Never. Yeah, it'll never happen. <laughs> Washington at Pittsburgh. They're at Heinz Field, minus four and a half at one p.m. Eastern. I'll take the Steelers. Um, I think it's going to be a tough test for Robert Griffin III to go into. Pittsburgh, and you know, despite everyone else lauding him and praising him, that defense is going to be a tough task. And um, I'll take the Steelers. They're playing some good football right now. Yeah, they're like finally figuring out how to run their offense. And I, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't lose like every single game early in the season because um, they really were just awful on offense. Um, and they, I mean, they ran for. Heck of a lot of yards last week, and you know when they have healthy running backs, and you know their offensive line is just blowing people off the ball right now, um, and they can run play action with their tight ends. I mean, they're actually pretty good. Um, and you like just by looking at the other teams in the conference right now, they're kind of on the up and up, and everybody else is kind of uh, going the other way. So, um, you know, they've just got to keep winning because, um, I mean, if they do, then they're going to get right back at, you know, at the top of their conference again. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've got them at home. Yeah, I, I have Pittsburgh as well. I mean, neither teams, I like, I don't like either team, but it's really hard to go up against Pittsburgh, especially with that defense, especially in Heinz Field. I don't see the rookie quarterback in RG3 doing much this week. I just see Pittsburgh steamrolling over Washington. Mm. Good pick. New York Giants at Dallas Cowboys plus one. This is the Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern. David, how about them Cowboys? Them Cowboys going to lose. I hate to say it, but ever since we moved into Jerry World, we have lost to the Giants wow. at home. We wow. we can't do it. I, and Giants are on a hot streak. And, I mean, we lost our leading tackler. We've lost two running backs. We're, we're shot right now with injuries. Just like every year, we're shot with injuries. It does happen a lot. Infallible logic, I think. Um, that stat is... Pretty damning, and Giants are on a roll right now. Give me New York Giants. Yeah. Don't forget uh, those penalties. <laughs> oh gosh. 
Um, yeah, the Giants need to lose some games because uh, they're going to win their division and they're going to have a number one seed, probably. Um, that's just going to throw off our early season predictions. Yes, yeah, they do so much better in the playoffs when they're the underdog. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I hate like, the Manning so much. I mean, I so much everybody. better. I, you know, right now they look like the team to beat, at least in the regular season. I don't know what they're going to do with the playoffs, but um, you know, I think they kind of halfway through the season put a stranglehold on the division. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not that they probably already have. Um, and I I got them. Yes. New Orleans Saints at Denver Broncos, minus six. This is the NBC Sunday Night Football, 8.20 p.m. Eastern game. I have the Broncos. Peyton Manning, highest QBR. It's a weird statistic, but <laughs> it's effective, I guess. You know, he's starting to get his rhythm back, and he's getting you know, used to his receivers. And I just don't think New Orleans has the test and you know, the, the fortitude to go on the road. And you know, be the the Broncos in mile high, even minus six. Yeah, give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'm with. Oh, go ahead. I'm with you here. I mean, even though I just said I hate the Mannings, you got to admit the Mannings are great quarterbacks. So I have to give it to Peyton. I mean, New Orleans, they have their linebacker back, and they have everyone else coming back except for Sean Payton. But still, I think it's too late for them to try and be able to pull this season around. I have Denver. Mm-hmm. I, I like the... Uh, I feel like it was going to be like an old-fashioned quarterback shootout. Yeah, I think it's going to be like back and forth. Like long touchdown passes and crazy wacky catches and stuff. But um, I think I think Denver's defense is just a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know right now at least Peyton Manning's looking a little more sharper than Drew Brees, um, you know, looking you know more in sync with the offense. So um, I think it'd be a fun, exciting. I think some people might be surprised. I think New Orleans will play really well, but um, I got Denver winning this in a high-scoring game. <laughs> All right. San Francisco at Arizona in the Monday night football game. Plus six and a half. Who do you think here? 49ers or Cardinals? Decaf, you want to take it? Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I I have Arizona beating the spread, but I have San Francisco winning the game. It's going to be a close game. Two great defenses. And after getting just destroyed a few weeks back, and then having a hard time last week with Seattle. I don't see that offense being able to come out and do much. Mm-hmm. So I see them, I see Arizona keeping it close, but still losing the game. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got, um, I think the Niners will cover this week. Um, you know, they've gone through a few losses. I think. I think last week they kind of figured things out a little bit more. Um, like they started doing what they were doing earlier in the season and just, you know, winning the games with defense and, 
not trying to do what you're not good at on offense, um, running the ball. I mean, that's what they're good at. That's what they should be doing. Um, and, you know, when Alex Smith is in trouble, he doesn't need to force passes. He should just take off like he was earlier in the season. Um, so I, I think that they, you know, they put another, I think they put a full game together and kind of get back to that style play that they were doing early in the season. I agree with you, Joel. Not only that, but after starting 4-0, Cardinals have dropped three straight. It's not a good direction to go with when you have San Francisco coming in uh, to your home stadium. Give me the 49ers. I have them covering as well. Well, it's going to be an interesting week, that's for sure. I know we're going to try to fit in one more episode before Yomacon, which is in Detroit, Michigan, next weekend. And uh, that'll be a crazy time with, you know, getting all these media and videos done, trying to fit in last-minute podcasts and podcasting over the weekend and everything. But that's just the life we lead here at the Show Me Your News Network. David... And leaving me sad face. Yeah, I know. Well, you, sh- you should totally come out, you know, some year for sure. But you know, David yeah, or Decaf, thank you very much for being on down the sidelines. Oh, Hopefully, no it was problem. fun. It was a great time. Thank you for having me on. I I enjoyed every second of it, even Tell your the friends. technical <laughs> problems at the beginning. Yes, yes. Well, technical problems are are no surprise to us here at the SMYN Network. Definitely tell all your friends. Um, you know, we hope to do you know some pretty cool things here with this show. And the Giants have scored. Oh. Oh, dear. Well, (laughs) on that note, it's time to end. With that, I am Peter. I'm Joel. And I'm David. All right, we're out. Take it easy. Enjoy the sports week.